We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you finish Did you that? that? We're, about one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that he's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. Good evening, and to what do I owe the pleasure of this edition of the Field of 68 After Dark? A loaded cast this evening to break down Duke, Ohio State, North Carolina, Indiana, among several other marquee matchups. Jeff Goodman is with us and debuting on our crew, the coach, Chris Mack. And Chris, the first question I have for you on the show is, if the call time for our show tonight was one of your practices, what would you have done to Jeff Goodman? Well, in today's day and age, I just said, uh, you know, I apologize for setting the practice at the wrong time. But uh, in the olden days, John, we'd have run this dude at least three or four seven teams to, uh, to start the day. But knowing Goodman, I've seen the shape that he's in. He's been to a beach house of mine before. He, he probably wouldn't have lasted two lines. I would have needed a bucket over there, Fanny. That's for <laughs> damn sure. What's life like with Mac at his beach house? Oh, well, hey, stick around at the end of the show. We will tell a story for anybody listening. I'm telling you, you want it, right, Mac? They want to stick around to hear this story. Bad hit for you, for sure. Bad hit. Bad, See? bad, beat, hit, whatever you want to call it. It was maybe the worst I've ever had. And that, folks, is what we call a tease. And that's why you want to stick around throughout the next hour. Let's jump right into it, guys. Assembly Hall. This was labeled as one of the best games of the season, at least when we opened up the year. When we opened up the year, people were like, I can't wait to watch Indiana play North Carolina. Uh, Indiana's up four, up 12 right now on North Carolina. Jeff, at the moment, does this game tell you more about the Hoosiers or more about the Tar Heels? I don't know. I mean, listen, I just saw Carolina three times, and they were so unimpressive. And it was uninspiring, not quite in the same way it was a year ago when they were getting blown out left and right. Uh, I thought they played harder in Portland for the most part. But to me, again, their offense is so bad. The execution at the end of that Alabama game, regulation, first overtime, second overtime, third overtime, fourth overtime. We're seeing some of the same issues creep up here, except the fact that, honestly, 
Caleb Love isn't jacking like he was. But R.J. Davis can't do anything. Indiana's kind of dominating. They're playing harder, no doubt. Baycott doesn't look like himself, although he scored there to cut it to 10. But, you know, to me, I think it's it's probably more a reflection of Carolina still not being what we thought they would be picking up where they left off. Coach? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's a, a little bit of both. You know, I think that, um, you know, Indiana knew they were going to have a good team. They haven't really won anything yet. I think there's a hunger uh, that they have. The dudes are playing hard. I mean, the first half was just – emblematic of a team with way more energy. I mean, the fact that Carolina, when they finally did post Baycott, couldn't get the ball inside to him because all their post-entry passes were getting deflected. I, I just thought Indiana was a buzzsaw to start the game. It hasn't really relented. You know, and I look at Carolina, team that goes to the national championship, and it's like, you know, where is their hunger level? You know, and I see first half, it seemed like so much of their offense was five guys around the perimeter. And you got Baycott, who's probably one of the biggest, strongest guys in the country. I'd get him a little closer to the rim if we could. I feel like he was hurt, though, Chris. I mean, you he could see was, it. I mean, he's pulling at his shoulder. Right. And so right. I'm sure that that has a little bit of it. But, you know, he's setting that high ball screen. They're rolling him, and they're not really finding him. And, you know, the, the thing that I really liked about their team last year, especially when they really started hitting their stride, well, I just thought Brady Manick was such a warrior. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's not Nance and that's not a knock on Nance because he's not the one that has to necessarily pick up that role, but somebody has to have some type of spirit and energy that, uh, I thought Manic had last year. See, yeah, there's no the doubt. Manic was a guy that, that got tougher too. Like early on, he wasn't. And then I, I think he was kind of one of those guys that responded, right. When, when people are calling him soft, yep. he changed that team with not only his ability to space the floor, but obviously his toughness. Nance has shown he can make some threes, but it's not the same. It's not like they're pressing up on, on Pete Nance. They're they're almost – they're okay with giving Pete Nance those threes. No matter what Brady Manick was doing in that game, you had to account for him on the perimeter every single play. So if you were a Carolina fan right now, on a scale of 1 to 10, Jeff Goodman – where would your concern meter be 10 being highly concerned? I mean, probably five or six, It'd probably five or six right now, just because again, you're seeing some of the same issues that you saw last year. You know, Caleb Love was terrific in the sweet 16 game in the final four game, but there were plenty of games throughout the season that, that he was terrible. And again, his decision-making and it's crazy. So like they went, one and two in Portland, almost 0 and three. I mean, they really probably should have lost to Portland in the first game. And coming out of the third game, nobody was smiling more than Hubert Davis in the post-game press conference. And I'm like looking at him like, man, like, is this an act? But I've I've heard like Hubert is the nicest human being alive. And he was talking about how he liked their fight and and all this. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, how can you look? I, I know. I know this team is still getting used to the expectations. I understand that. They didn't have any last year for the most part, and, and they haven't dealt with this before. But you would just think they would come out with a little more hunger, a little more fight, especially when you got punched in the mouth in game one against Portland. Yeah, I mean, not every coach does it the same. Obviously, what he did last year, you know, speaks for itself, being able to guide his team that far. But um you know, they, I just think they have to play with a little bit more nastiness, you know, and I know that's not who Carolina really has ever been. It's right. always been more of a big skilled, you know, and obviously you got to keep them off the glass. 
Um, but, you know, just watching them here tonight, and I know it's a hard place to go to, Assembly Hall and Big Ten ACC matchup isn't going to be uh, the best place to play. I, I just think they got to play with a little bit more nastiness uh, than what they're showing right now. And, you know, here's the other thing that you, know, you as a fan can't necessarily see. I mean, these guys were just in Hawaii. <laughs> They're going to come all the way back on a 10-hour flight and right. have a quick turnaround yeah. and play in, a, yep. you know, obviously a buzzsaw environment. Indiana wasn't doing that type of traveling. So I, I, I'm, if you're a fan, you're always worried. But at the same time, they have too much talent not to be able to get it going the right direction at some point. And how big is that, Chris? Because early in the season, we had a flurry of buy games. I mean, you could count just with one hand the amount of great home games, true home environments in college basketball. I think of Gonzaga at Texas, and look what happened. Kind of exemplify why a lot of teams don't want to do that that early in the season. How big is that? Now you get into these conference challenges, these teams have to play a true road game that that the home court advantage of assembly hall yeah of yeah, others it, of, of cameron indoor the difference that makes it's it's not easy and, and jeff i wasn't at portland you know but i've been to so many of those different neutral site tournaments and obviously maui's in a different category because of how small it is and but a lot of those things are played in ballrooms where the only people there are maybe a handful of your own fans and a handful of the opposition's fans so you don't you really haven't heard many boos yet and if you got a lot of freshmen and you know you, you're just trying to get your 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 system implemented or you're coming off like again three but carolina doesn't chris carolina's got their I got dudes you on that. i'm just talking it yeah. overall yeah but then you go three games in three days maybe it was three games in four oh. days not yeah. real sure but like you come back home and you don't have a whole lot of time to really work on those things that maybe plagued you in those three games you have a quick turnaround you got to prepare for iu so um again not to make excuses for carolina but i do think they'll get it together yeah, I think they'll get it together too. I just I just don't know if it'll be flipping the switch like it happened last year. I feel like I don't either. And I also don't think that they're necessarily, you know, they, they should have been crowned the number one team in the country. Um, you know, they went on a great run last year at the end of the season, but it wasn't like that was season long. Agreed. Four months of of to me, a team that was close to not making the NCAA tournament, and then a month, I call it pre-March 5th Carolina and post-March 5th Carolina, and it all kind of flipped when they sent Coach K out uh, at Cameron in, in his final you know, home game and then sent him out again in his career at the Final Four. Yeah. All right, let's turn to what happened at Cameron Indoor tonight. Duke beating Ohio State. Jeff Goodman, the immediate reaction of what the Blue Devils did this evening. Um, I'm not surprised. You know, they've done it collectively. Like, that's that's been kind of the beauty of John Shire's team so far. Kyle Filipowski's been really good for the most part. And who would have thought he would be the best freshman? You know, but Derek Whitehead was hurt in the preseason. Derek Lively was hurt a little bit in the preseason. Uh, Mark Mitchell was the one who came out of the gate strong, but he's had to adjust to playing high major teams right now. And Filipowski's got the size that Ohio State just wasn't able to match up with tonight. Uh, Zay Key's long, but but they don't have a lot of other dudes there that can compete with Filipowski at 6'11 and, and his skill level and his toughness, frankly. Like, he he has been much tougher than uh, your typical uh, freshman coming out of the NEPSAC, all right? And and he didn't go to, like, our Brewster Academy 
or some of these other schools up here in New England. Uh, but Phil Paskey's been really good. And the other guys have fallen into line. And Shires played the older dudes, right? Grandison was on the court. Ryan Young was on the court at the end. He knows those guys give him the best chance to win right now. Phil Paskey's hmm. a monster. I mean, yeah. he's the best player on the floor tonight. And I didn't think it was close. And the only time I thought that Ohio State would make runs is every time he went to the bench with foul trouble, you know, especially in the second half. The, yep. the last three or four minutes of the first half crushed Ohio State. You know, it went from a one-possession game to a 10-point game at halftime, and I, I didn't think Ohio State ever really, really got into it. And the times that they did, it was because Filipowski was on the bench. And, um, man, is he good. He presents a really unique challenge. You know, you just watching the game, he plays the four at seven feet tall. He's setting ball screens, and you can tell Ohio State's defensive game plan, really for the most part throughout the year, is to switch at the four like so many teams do because everybody plays four out, one in. Well, all of a sudden now you had Thornton and some of their, their, their smaller guards on Filipowski in the post. That's a problem because he could pass, he can score. Um you know, they weren't switching to five. It's hard, it's hard to start, you know, hedging with a four-man and trying to get back to your own. Um, you just really start to ask your five-man to, to X out and get into rotations, and that becomes a problem. And so um, I was just really impressed. I think he is one of the best freshmen in the country, if not the best. Chris, yeah. what's, the dynamic, what's the dynamic in John Shire's first year? Here's a guy that has racked up a combined nine five-star commitments. Recruiting speaks for itself at Duke. But it's another thing that when you get into games, are you ballsy enough to put your best five on the floor to win said games? Like, what, what's it say to you that Derek Lively and Derek Whitehead are on the bench late in the game, yet again for Duke? What's that say about Shire and, and what they're trying to do down there? Well, I mean, John's been around some, some incredible players now. You know, those aren't the two first five stars that he's coached. Maybe as a head coach, you know, that that's the first time he's been responsible for that. But, you know, he's watched the best of all time, you know, put guys on the bench or, you know, figure out who to go with in certain situations. Uh, John's been around, you know, guys that have had long NBA careers. He's played with them. He's coached them. Uh, you know, he knows the game. And so, end of the day, those guys are freshmen. You know, they haven't necessarily been in situations before where, you know, you don't want to foul, you want to foul, uh, you know, you, you need to communicate on a certain type of action. Maybe that freshman hasn't had a whole lot of reps at it. Let's put him on a bench and just make sure that, that we're really solid here down the stretch. And I don't think that's an indictment of those freshmen. That's, that happens around the country with a lot of freshmen. But uh, it doesn't surprise me that John's, you know, smart enough and savvy enough and poised enough uh, this early in his career to make those type of decisions. I just think it's it's interesting because, again, some young guys like that would be worried about if they don't play those guys, how it's going to hurt him down the road with getting those guys again, right? I mean, but I guess it's so early in the season, nobody's going to remember the first 10 games of the year, right? They're going to remember the last 15. If those guys aren't playing then, both of them, then it might be an issue, and, and they won't. They'll both be on the court when it matters, I would assume. Come yeah, I would February. think so. And the other thing is, if, if they continue to win at a really high level, nobody's going to say anything. <laughs> true. Very true. How good are they right now, Jeff? Where would you? Where have you ranked them in your most recent poll? Where are you going to put them? 
they're like 15-ish, I think. I mean, I think Ohio State's like a top 25-ish team. Yeah. And and obviously, you know, the home court advantage, and and we can go there now, I, we can wait on it, but, you know, the home court advantage is so important at places like Duke and Indiana. Chris knows this, and, you know, I, I really want to hear from, from Chris on this, but I've been to enough of these places. Yeah. And, you know, some of them are, are average, and some of them are – they give you five points. They literally give you five points in a game. And I think Duke is one of those. Kansas is one of those. Indiana tonight is one of those. Uh, Texas Tech was one of those, you know, for the last few years. There are probably, I don't know, how many you think there are, Chris? There are probably five to ten of them, maybe. I mean, there's probably more than that. The ones you're talking about, obviously, are the the ones that get a lot of coverage and press. And But, you know, you can go to the University of Dayton, and I'm going to tell you when they got it going, <laughs> runs are hard to stop. So, I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, it, it, it's a challenge, you know, and I think when you talk about like, where is Duke right now, John, and you say like, where do you think they're ranked in the country? The great thing about that is, you know, you talked about those freshmen being thrown on the bench towards the end of the game. They're only going to get better and better as they get more and more experience and more comfortable in big games and big moments. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think that they're, you know, they're on their trajectory. The yeah. Their trajectory is only going to go up and up yeah. right now. It's watching them in Portland. Yeah, Here's the thing. Here's the thing. They lack a perimeter dude who you can give the ball to and yeah. say, Hey, go get a bucket. Yep. They don't yeah. have that yet. And I don't think Jeremy Roach is that every night. He can be that one out of every three or four, but that's not his game either. So to me, it's got to be Derek Whitehead. Filipowski is great. But as you saw, like, you don't want Kyle Filipowski putting the ball on the floor. Yeah. We don't really want a lot of that. You know, he tried to go behind his back once the other day. You know, he's loose with the ball. Yeah. He's a seven-footer. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, and the way that Shire talked in the preseason, he is anticipating that Whitehead will be that guy yeah. for this yeah. team. He hasn't played much. He hasn't played much. Right. He hasn't played That's much. Right. Does Filipowski remind you guys of anyone? Well, I mean, I, I read an article earlier today, and, and Sean Miller talked about, I think it was Norlander. He talked about Lowry Markin, and, and, you know, I thought that was obviously a good comparison. Sean would really know because he was, uh, yeah. you know, in, in depth in terms of getting a scouting report and getting ready to play Duke, and then obviously he coached Lowry. So um, he's unique, man. I, he's got some toughness to him. Yes. He's skilled. He can make free throws. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I thought, like, even his ability on the defensive end to move his feet, he was matched up with suing. Uh, suing was a non-factor the entire game. I thought going into the game, that matchup was going to be like, okay, did the perimeter style four man win? Right. Or did the, you know, the, I don't know what, I wouldn't say the inside guy, cause he's more of a, a Euro, you know, type big. Did that matchup win? And, and obviously uh, Filipowski won the matchup and the game. Um, but he's won every matchup. The dude has won basically every matchup so far. Everyone. He's, he's which, won every Which, again, that, that was the big thing, right? Like, could they guard anybody? If, if you're playing Filipowski at the four with Lively at the five, which is really ideally what you're going to want down the stretch. Right. And Lively's been better. Like, he was better tonight. Yeah, and I'll say this, man. Like, again, it's one game, but he was really moving his feet well against Suing. I mean, I, I was really impressed. He took the correct angles. He stayed in the play, blocked a couple shots. 
I thought one of the fouls was was pretty weak, to be quite honest. You know, he wouldn't have been on the bench, but a couple of the other ones weren't really necessarily, you know, his guys sort of collateral damage because a teammate gets beat. Um, but, you know, he'll learn. He'll learn how to stay on the floor. And when he does that, he's going to be even more of an impact player for him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Here's what I'll say, too. Talking to some of the coaches who have played Duke, um, Caleb Love with a big three there to kind of big take three. a big three. Well, listen, at some <laughs> point, and I, again, I'm not a big fan with his shot selection. At some point, you just got to live with it, I guess, because you don't have other guys that can score right now. Right. So I, I get it. I get it if you're Hubert Davis at, at a certain point. I just don't think you 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 come out of there like, again, when they were playing Alabama, the first two overtimes, he basically ran Caleb Love at the point. And, and to me, it's more of like, run him off the ball. Otherwise, R.J. Davis just stands there. He's got no use whatsoever, and it's AU basketball. That's what it becomes with Caleb Love. It's almost like one on five at times, and he's just going to take step back threes. Here's the thing. In this game, and Coach, I want to tee you up here as we've got this game on Indiana, North Carolina, 65-57. Just over three minutes left to go in this game. Like, Indiana's only made three threes. They're not a three-point shooting team. They're not a great offensive team, Coach. But they've shot close to 50% from the field, and that's because tonight, on this night, Xavier Johnson and Jalen hood Shafino have been able to drive the lane and, and get looks, and Trace Jackson Davis is Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah, I mean, I, I love their their sort of inside uh, presence. Um, I think the uh, – the kid, Shafino, man, he, he is terrific. Awesome. The pace yeah. that he plays with. I mean, again, yep. he's only, what, eight games, six games into his career? I mean, he's going to really um, – Wow. 46 to 18 points in the paint. 46 yeah. to 18. Armando Baycott, you should take that personally. Pete Nance, he's, you should take that personally. Right. You got two bigs. I mean, you have two older bigs, and, and to me the hardest part – and Hubert, I asked him this, and I, he didn't really take offense to it, but he, he, I said, I said, you know, it's hard to play Nance and Baycott together in a way because Nance is more comfortable guarding fives. That's what he's done his whole career at Northwestern. It's hard for him to guard fours. He said at the end of the, the overtimes, uh, when he had them both out there, maybe the first or second overtime or both of them, I don't even know when he had them both out there. It was so, <laughs> there four, so. It was, you know, it was so hard to remember all those overtimes. But um, he said, actually, Nance did a good job um, 
And maybe it was when they were switching. They were switching one through five when Baycott was on the bench at the end. And Nance can do a good job at times. I just, again, it's hard. I, I think Nance is much more comfortable at the five than he is at the four, but you got to have them play together. Yeah, yeah. You know, how many times you've seen Carolina come down the stretch with 57 points? You know, Never. I, I mean, like. You but hold they have on. three offensive like, weapons. You hold, they you have, hold IU to 67. You know, I mean, I know there's three minutes, two and a half minutes left in the game, but you'd feel pretty good if you were Carolina in past, <laughs> past games, past years. Um, well, well, think about this. Yeah. Leaky Black is not a score. They have no bench no. for the most part, right? No bench for the most part. You know, they played a little bit more tonight and, and Hubert has wanted to, but really you have three and a half scores. Pete Nance isn't a big time scorer. He he had some points early and they just it's keep going easy. to trace. They just keep going. Every time Nance is on trace, they're going to go to trace because they feel like they can win that matchup every single time. Yeah. And Pete Nance, the best kid in the world, but he's got to probably show a little bit more toughness. Yeah. Look, I like Indiana guys. I like them. I think they're a top 15 team in the country. By the same token, the the ease in which they're getting these looks. Yeah. Xavier Johnson with a teardrop. That was that was that was like clockwork. You yeah. post up Jackson Davis. If if Trace Jackson Davis gets in one-on-one single coverage, how many matchups in the country is he really going to lose? Trace is tough, man, because Chris, did you see Trace coming out of high school? Do you remember? Oh yeah. So the word, I don't remember him, but they say early on he was kind of, I don't know if lazy is the right word, but like he wasn't the toughest dude and he didn't work the hardest. And he has gotten better and better and better every year. Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to speak to a kid's work ethic. You know, I, obviously I saw him during high school and AAU and whatnot, and you could see the, the potential because he was long and he was athletic and he had a pretty good touch and a good feel. But, um, you know, I know that early on, um, he needed to get his motor going a little bit more. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, seems like he's got a heck of a motor right now. Sure does. But it's easy to play that. Like this crowd, I mean, again, if you can't play with a motor, uh, with this crowd, my daughter's <laughs> there now, and she she texted me. She was like, I've been to a lot of ba- college basketball games. And she said, this one's the best I've ever been. That wow. Was- Where do IU fans rank? Um. Well, where do they rank among the crazy, the crazies? Yeah, yeah. I'm I not going to ask you. I'm not going to ask you anything other than that. I'm putting them on that level. I mean, nobody's catching Kentucky. Nobody. Texas Tech has made a run at it. They've made a run at it with their kind of smaller group of of lunatics. They're closing <laughs> in, but they can't catch Kentucky because there's just too many in in in. You know, Big Blue Nation, everywhere you go, you see somebody. I I can be around in Boston at Logan Airport. I I have somebody flying a damn Kentucky flag down the street here in Newburyport, Massachusetts, in front of their house. They're following you. Yeah, they probably do follow me. They probably probably follow you, too. (laughs) I was going to say, Chris, ever at a gas station and you just see somebody that was in blue and they just something, the story that comes to mind. Diner. Well, when I was wrongfully suspended last year (laughs) and I was down in Florida for the week or the the 10 days um, out of the 20, (laughs) 
I went to Walmart to get some stuff for Thanksgiving, okay? And so as I'm pulling out of the parking lot, I'm in a white beat up 1995 pickup truck. You know, the, you know the truck, Goodman. Yeah, oh, I know it. It's so beautiful. I'm sitting there at the stop sign, and this guy pulls up to the stop sign. I'm going left. He's going right. So we're at the stop sign at the same time. And as I'm turning left onto a state route, head back to the house, this guy screams out, go Wildcats. <laughs> I'm in Florida, John. I'm like, I got a hat on. I got a T-shirt. I got a swimsuit on. It's tremendous. This guy yells out, go Wildcat. So he was either stalking me in Walmart, <clears throat> followed me out, got in his car, and made sure he pulled up at the same time. But, man, they're everywhere. 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 Indiana fans are crazy. They are nuts. I mean, and they I'm went not, not going to go down like, who's nuts? You know, a, yeah. lot, a lot of people in the United States are certifiable nowadays. But, you know. You're I, looking I at two of them. You play, you play at Assembly <laughs> Hall. Man, it's loud. Yeah. They got that band going. Like, it's a great environment. Obviously, on a you know on a, a night game, a Wednesday night Big Ten ACC challenge, you're talking about game start at nine fifteen, nine thirty. I'm sure some of the students have a few pops in them, uh, including your daughter. No, um, she didn't drink before the game. She told me. She told me. Good. Gonna, listen, I didn't go tonight. I was supposed to go. Had a had a room at the graduate. Was all set. Was going to go from Portland, and then I decided. You know what? I didn't want to be there if they wanted. I didn't want her to feel like dad was here and I got to worry about dad or anything like that. Go party, have fun, uh, drink, whatever you got to Don't drink. All right. You're under age. Don't drink. Hell of a role model, dad. You don't know what drink. I mean? Like, right. drink responsibly. Drink responsibly. How's that? Can you, Mac, can you see Goodman at, at college drop off with the boxes and bins? No. What do you mean? Why not? I don't know. Come on. You say, how are the, wait, I have to hear this from you. Okay. And then we'll go to, we got to go to Jerry Stackhouse after this. Yeah. But, but you're in the hallway dropping your daughter off at college. How were the other parents? Did you just see some, because as Max said, people are certifiably nuts. There was nobody there. She went to an early session. There was nobody there. She she went like uh, two weeks, a week or two before everybody else and, and did a class. So, class. right? Yeah. So legitimately, there were like 600 freshmen that did this and they were spread out in all the, the different dorms. So I didn't really see other than her roommate and her roommate's not a sports fan. So her and her parents had no idea. Um, then drop mine off yet. You know, I got a senior in high school. And yeah. So she'll be there. She'll be going in the fall. And I got a junior, so I, I haven't been there. So I, I can't make fun of Jeff too much, but I can tell you this. I'm not going to make a video and put it on social media where I start crying, dropping off my kid to school. I mean, what I didn't think I was going to cry. I didn't think I was going to get up on social media. You know what I mean? Like you have the ability to cut it and say, Hey, that's I'm not true. With that that is true. It. I wanted to show that I'm not the asshole that everybody thinks I am. How's that? <laughs> I don't know if it worked. But I, I feel like a few people saw that that I'm not I'm not that yeah. person that you that, you, pro, that you portray me to be. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's <laughs> fair, man. That's fair. Uh, no, there's certain certain national media members, you know, looked at that video and said, you know what, he he might actually he might actually be okay. He might have a heart. Yeah, he might have a heart. I'm no, not sure, no. but he might. All right. No. Speaking of heart. Yeah. 
Jerry Stackhouse tonight got his money's worth. Yeah. Talk about an atmosphere. Siegel Center is is awesome. VCU taking on Vanderbilt. VCU wins this game 70 to 65. Jerry Stackhouse gets ejected. Ace Baldwin goes for a career high 28 points. He's one of the most underrated players, I think, in college basketball. He's big time for Mike Rose group. So Stackhouse gets ejected. Stack gets run from this game. Jeff, you watch the clip. Like what what comes to mind with this incident? Well, I mean, the only thing I can think of, and I don't know if Mac even knows this, but like Stack has everybody blocked on Twitter. Like if you say anything even halfway negative about him, like Mac, if if you if you tweeted out, hey, hey, Stack, like your tie is crooked tonight, he'd probably <laughs> block you. Anything negative, he's blocking everybody. Everybody. Are which is blocked? unbelievable that a dude who accomplished what he did is that thin-skinned that he can't handle a little criticism. Are you uh, blocked? Yeah, I'm blocked. Of course I'm blocked. I'm blocked, though. It goes back. Um, so when Bryce Drew was fired, he was fired after three years. He went to the tournament year one and then didn't have Darius Garland the whole year in, in year three. They went over. So, like, he, did a, he didn't do a good job. But, you know, Darius Garland's pretty good. We see that now, right? Oh, pretty wow. good. And you take your starting point guard off a team, uh, as Chris knows, when uh, Carly Jones didn't play a game against Wisconsin, Chris, hmm. would you lose by 100? Yeah, I think we kept it to 100. Right. So, like, it's pretty hard to play without your starting point guard. Anyway, um, so Stack, Stack just, you know, it, to me, so the AD comes in, fires Bryce Drew after a month on the job, the AD. So I actually hit the AD more than anything then and basically said that's bullshit. You got to give the guy another year. Give him another year. You want to fire him after four? That's fair. But he brought in a lot of talent too, a lot of NBA talent. Um, and Stack wasn't happy about that, I guess. And I didn't even make it personal on Stack until he made it personal with me. Yeah, I mean, I saw the clip. You know, I think he was mad that um, Robbins, I think, dunked the ball, got fouled. Yeah, yeah. They didn't call the foul, and so. You know, you, you're looking at it as a coach, like, hey, this should be a three-point play. Next thing you know, they're they're giving the kid a technical foul, right? Because he was talking. Yeah. And then now all of a sudden you're looking at, like, we should have had three points. Instead, we get two. You're you're putting them back at the line. You're going to negate that. And so I, I'm sure he said something, and then they teed him up, and then he got even more pissed, and, you know, the, the rest is history. But um, I get it, man. It's, it's tough. By the numbers, Chris Mack has a career total of zero ejections. That's amazing to me. Really? A little bit. I mean that you didn't lose it once. Like I know you're pretty you're you're pretty good about not losing it losing it, but there was never a time when you just went berserk and and, and did a Danny Hurley. No, I mean I think that like <laughs> when, when I get a technical I feel like Peta likes that. Peta like that one. That was good. When I get when I would get a technical, I felt like at that point I'd already lost it, and it's like I felt like <laughs> yeah. all I was doing, what was was really going to put my team even in more of a hole. The technicals that I got, you know, like, uh, you know, not to relive each one of them, but you know, there are some where you're like, man, we're up four, and we might be up two now just because I had to say something to the official. Uh, that's not that's not very smart, and then. To take it even further like that, you're just going to damage your team. So, um, 
I, I never wanted to get to that point where I was interfering with our team being able to win the game. How many tees, like, how many tees do you think you got in your career? I, I would say I averaged probably one a year. Really? Yeah. And you coach for, you were head coach for how many years? 14? 12 or 13 seasons. Yeah. I think I made, uh, I made it through one season, I think, without a technical. Maybe two seasons. But then there were a couple seasons where I had two. Was there a certain ref that you picked up multiple technicals with? There's a certain couple refs that I can't stand, but I'm not going <laughs> to. You're going to get back in. You better be careful. Man, I'm that... getting back in, but, you know, like, I don't know. I'm going to keep the peace. Just in case. We've had how many? Th- We've had one ref on field of 68, right? Really? I had it's... 10. Yeah, I did. I did a long interview with Ted Valentine a couple of years ago. He wasn't on. He wasn't on this show, but we had a lot. It was. It was actually awesome. Like Teddy was phenomenal. I know the reputation of Ted Valentine out there, but I'm telling you, I love I, Ted. Huh? Love him. Love yeah, him. Yeah. I mean, like the thing that you really like about a guy like Teddy Valentine, and you know, people call him TV Teddy, and. You know, he he's too dramatic and, and, you know, he's he's trying to be the show. But, you know, if you go on the road like a place like IU or you go to Duke, yeah. he will not be intimidated by the crowd, the environment, the other coach. And so you don't have to hold a bit session next to him the entire game to feel like you're getting an even call, even whistle. Um, that That's the thing that I appreciate about a really good official is they're not intimidated by the environment they're in. And you so want to talk get ejected? You, you also want to talk. You also want to talk to him, and and Teddy'll talk all day. He'll talk. You know, you just can't talk across the floor. And there's a lot of guys, especially the ones that start to earn their stripes, they don't want you to talk across the floor. And sometimes you might be talking across the floor to a younger official, but if they have the game and they're the head, they're the lead official. Yeah. They're gonna like you know make sure that you don't. Yeah, Mama yeah. Bear is protecting. You know, and it's like, come on, man. I mean, you ever get thrown out of a game growing up or high school or? No, I was in my best behavior, actually. No, So no. zero between you two. I almost got into a, a little bit of a fight in, in slow pitch softball uh, earlier this year. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, almost. I got kicked out of a game. Once. You did? For what? Yeah, St. Christopher Holiday Tournament. What'd Rocky, you do? Rocky River, Ohio. Uh, game nasty is. Place. What's that? That's a nasty place, huh? Rocky River, Ohio. <laughs> Rocky River, Ohio. Yeah, real nasty. Uh, so St. Christopher Holiday Tournament, <clears throat> I'm in the fifth grade. We are down, I think, three or four with about a minute and a half to go. Which feels like being down 36 if you're in the fifth grade. And hell yeah, it does, because we got to find a way to hit a three. And Mac knows because he coaches. He's coaching. It's like first and second right. graders. Right. right. And, and being a hoop head growing up, I know how, how much that is. So I'm going to, I'm getting after it. I mean, my ass is diving to the floor for a loose ball. And I don't know who the kid was. God bless him. I hope he lived to see this day, but we both go down and I go down on him. Now, even in the fifth grade, that's a heavy load. <laughs> <laughs> I go down, he turns me over and he gives me a little trash talk. My Reebok hit him. Kicked him? I kicked him. In the grill? Oh, I was sent straight to the confessional. At like Christian Laker, <laughs> Timberlake, you know, stepping on his chest kind of thing? Or I was thrown out of the game in tears. I think my parents wanted to kill me. 
We bank in a freaking three to force, o- to force oh. overtime. I stormed the court thrown out of the game. Should have got checked. Any CYO ref should have gotten teed up for that. That's where CYO pregame, postgame prayer, that whole deal. Chris, you know this. Like, forget <laughs> For, hey man, forget. I'm still in it. You, I can't. I can't blow off the pregame, postgame prayer here. They do the prayers, both pregame and postgame. Pregame, oh, postgame prayer. Grade school, Goodman. Man, I didn't do CYO. Yeah, I can tell. I'm a Jew. What do you want? I was <laughs> little... Can't be anti-Catholic over here now. You know. I, I played in some other. I don't even remember what it's called, but <laughs> it, it was. Well, speaking of religion, uh, Notre Dame shined tonight. They rolled past. They end up and... rolling. And the, the they, game's over. Can we can we can we do some a little wrap up? Uh, put a bow on this this Carolina Indiana game before we get on to yes, let's, uh, the Irish. Yes, let's do that, please. And and that game is final at Assembly Hall, seventy seven sixty five. It is after dark. John Fanta, Jeff Goodman, Chris Mack are with you here to break this down. Immediate reaction here: a twelve point game, and the Hoosiers come away with a win. Chris Mack for Indiana. What's this represent? I think it means a lot. I mean, you know, obviously they um, they also had a hell of a win about, a, you know, seven, ten days ago at Xavier, you know, basically playing down the entire game. Um, for them to come out, you know, tonight, I know it was their home crowd, but uh, really from the get-go, I didn't think that Carolina was ever really in the game once once Indiana started to, um, you know, they just their energy level from the very beginning was different. And they played all the way through. And, and Trace Jackson Davis is, you know, having the type of year that I think he expected. And Indiana needs him to have to, you know, be one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, it was like a, a validation win to me. Yeah. Validating the people that 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 were ranking Indiana, right? Like me, you know, top 10-ish preseason. Yeah. Picking you know, this is a team. All that stuff. We forget, like, this was a team that was – a loss away from not getting in the NCAA tournament last year. Yeah. Think about that. They had to beat Michigan and Illinois in the Big Ten tournament just to get in the first four. Everything changed. You know, the other thing is that I really like about IU is, you know, you got Xavier Johnson who, you know, I know he has some some weaknesses, but, man, he's a fifth-year old, you know, senior, and the thing that he does is he plays his tail off. Man, he yeah. plays hard. He's going to defend. He's going to keep driving the ball, driving the ball, driving the ball. You know, he knows where his bread's buttered, and he takes a lot of pride in that role. And, um, you know, you can just tell he wants to win. Here's the thing that stands out, Jeff. North Carolina, five assists. Yeah, yeah. Well, On the entire game. They couldn't run any offense. I mean, they legitimately couldn't run any offense and did not run any offense tonight. But give Indiana, their defense, a lot of credit, right? Like, they wore them down. They brought in guys like Jordan Geronimo yes. and, and Trey Galloway and Tamar Bates. And obviously, Renew is really good. You know, Shafino, Jalen Hood, Shafino, and Renew played together at Montverde. And, uh, like, I love Renew, like, what he adds to this team. Different look. They just have depth now. They're not so reliant on having to play Trace and Race so many minutes. Trace played 31 tonight. Race played 27. To be honest, if it weren't Carolina, they probably would have been down a little bit from there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, one final thought on Indiana, Jeff. Mike Woodson. Yeah. The NIL component, the brand that they are in this current day, let's face it. Let's face it. A couple years ago, people didn't know what to make of Indiana basketball. And a year ago at this time, people would not have been able to say, well, they, they could be the class of the Big Ten conference. The, the Hoosiers have never won the Big, the Big Ten tournament. They've never won the Big Ten tournament. That's on the table among a ton of other things. Like, what do you make of the state in this program? And if you're a Hoosier fan right now, I want to hear this from you. What is the realistic expectation that you should have for this program this particular year? Well, let, let me say this. I was a, a skeptic when they hired Mike Woodson. I mean, a complete skeptic, as I am for most former NBA players or coaches that get hired to, to college because as I put out a whole deal on it with evidence with 50 guys, most of them uh, do not fare well. And Mike Woodson was 63 when he got hired and had never coached in college. Now, he was able to, to keep, you know, Trace, which was absolutely huge. He was able to, um, you know, keep a guy who's now a superstar or one of the best players in, in college. But I think what, what separates it now, and Chris, I don't know if you agree with this, but if you can sell two things – and they're both three letters, then you can absolutely win at the highest level. If you can sell NIL and NBA, those are the two most important things. If you have both, you've got a chance to, to, to win at a high level. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. You know, I, I think he's done a, an amazing job. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what the team looks like next year, you know, because they're going to lose their entire starting five if, if Shafino goes pro. You know, obviously, if he doesn't, then – you know, he'll be uh, one of the best players returning in the Big Ten, in my opinion. I, I know it's six games into his – seven games into his career. But, you know, they're going to lose their starting five. And, um, you know, how they reload, whether it's through the portal, uh, continue to bring in you know, incoming freshmen, that remains to be seen if he can – if they can sustain that as well. But, you know, IU's got a huge following. There's no doubt about it, man. NIL, um, they're in the right place for that. All right, let's turn to the Irish. Notre Dame, 70. Number 20, Michigan State, albeit shorthanded Michigan State, 52. In this game, folks, Mike Bray's Irish. Cormac Ryan goes for 23 points to lead the way. And Notre Dame, guys, Notre Dame went six deep. They went six deep in this game. They played six guys, and they, they pound Michigan State. That's one more than, than they play some years, John. I mean, like, like Coach Gray doesn't have many guys coming off his bench most of the time. What's your take on, on this 18-point win, Jeff, for the Irish? Well, I mean, I think you got to put in a little bit of perspective. They're playing a Michigan State team that's arguably without maybe it's two most talented players, right? Malik Hall is their veteran. Uh, Jaden Akins is who Tom Izzo was hyping up to me and everybody else in the preseason as the guy he hoped would take a jump and be his leading scorer. Both of them are there, and this is not a deep team to begin with. 
you know, they barely beat Portland. Uh, I saw them in, in Portland and, you know, they're just not the same team without those two guys. So, you know, I don't put a ton of stock into it, but I think certainly if you're Notre Dame, you got to put a ton of stock into it because you just lost to Max Boy Schmitty and St. Bonaventure last week. And Schmitty brought back, I don't know if Mac knows this stat. Do you know how many points and rebounds total Mark Schmidt brought back from last year's team? Yeah, har- hardly any, man. Like four points? Two, two points, four rebounds. Total, not average. Two points, four rebounds. And they reloading, beat Notre Dame. He's reloading. NIL and Olean. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Wait, what was what did Schmitty call us yesterday to media day? The big O? Did he? Was, Chris yeah, Moody so. said that. Schmitty is hilarious. I don't think you'll you'll you won't meet a funnier guy. He's freaking hilarious. Hilarious. So this is a good win for Notre Dame. You know, they yeah, lose yeah. to a St. Bonaventure team. And and Notre Dame, here's the thing: they're all veterans, except for JJ Starling. They're all like fourth and fifth year yeah. guys, so they should be better early. And yeah, JJ, go ahead. I'm Chris. shocked. I, I'm shocked that it was that it was this much of a blowout. You know, because it's 18, but it was 18 or so at half. Man, they were they were smashing them early on. And I know that they're missing, you know, Malik Hall and Jay Nakins. I get it, but you know, you would think that just sort of what Izzo does with the toughness and the nastiness. You know, a couple of years ago, you could just absolutely punk Notre Dame. You know, these guys have grown up, uh, you know, Goodwin and Leshevsky especially. I, I just remember when he was a freshman and sophomore, you just throw them around and go right at them. And um, they've grown up. Obviously, they're really skilled. They can shoot the ball. Cormac Ryan was was in fuego in the first half, I think five of five from three-point line. But uh, I was shocked by the, by the spread. I really was. Chris, can we talk about Mike Bray for a moment? Because I think to the – what you just said hit me. Like a couple of years ago, you could come in and punk Notre Dame. They were a soft team. Yep. They were young, yeah. but they, they were, were young. Soft. They were young, but they were soft. And I, I don't know. I remember thinking to myself, like, man, Mike Brace had some great teams here. He's built up certainly tons of rapport and, and tons of, like, he's so well respected. Other coaches around the country bring up things he says that they try to follow, things he does. Like, when you think about what Mike's done there, what Mike's done in college basketball, does he get underappreciated maybe by the casual person? And and what comes to mind when you think about Mike Bray, whether it be a story or or something on him? I, I just think, you know, Mike, the players love him, man. They they, they love him, you know. And I, I think it's, you know, it's it's this is gonna be a, a a weird thing to say, but I think it's a hard place to recruit, um, you know, for, for certain types of basketball players. You know, like let's face it, you know, a lot of kids are you know, coming from the inner city and, and uh, you know, they make it big and they go to uh, big time places. And, and Notre Dame's not necessarily a team that you're going to think of that, you know, has those type of players. You know, Mike's gotten DeMatha kids and, you know, he's gotten kids from, you know, up east, you know, Catholic school yep. kids. Um, and so I think it's it's a challenge on the basketball side of things, to be quite mm-hmm. honest. And I think he's a hell of a coach. He is. Um, yeah. I think a couple years ago, like, it was sort of sad to see that their team wasn't very good. And it was, it, it almost, you remember the uh, press conference they had and he was, you know, being told he should resign and everything by students and stuff. And to see him have such a turnaround and, and, you know, they've got a veteran crew and um, you know, he's, he's hard to prepare for man, their offense and how they play and they space the floor and their kids are so daggone smart. 
And again, like I said before, you could punk them. Now, now you can't do that. And so they got the the toughness and the smarts. Uh, and with Mike Bray on the bench, man, they're they're hard to figure out when they have the ball. I can tell you that. So, I, I think they're probably in the mix for fourth in the ACC. You know, I, I think at the end of the day, listen, the ACC is the bottom is atrocious this year. It is atrocious. Like last year, I was kidding and I would tweet out one bit ACC. That was kind of our 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 mantra last year. Um, <laughs> obviously. And right. the public tournament they came on. But this year, I, I might tweet out three-bit ACC because I don't know where you're getting the fourth. I think at Virginia Tech probably, and if Marcus Hammond can come back healthy for Notre Dame, maybe they can make a little bit of a run. And, and this win, you know, you just wonder how the selection committee is going to look at it. They look at Michigan State probably of they were without two of their best players. Right. But are you going to look at it as – all right, Notre Dame. Yeah, if it comes down to it and it's close, well, yeah, you beat Michigan State, but you did it without two of their best players. Yeah, I, I don't know how much they're going to look at that, man. They, they say that stuff, but they have yeah. so much to look at. You know, again, a couple of years ago, we didn't make the tournament. We had Carly Jones. You know, like two of the losses I really felt like kept us out were Carolina and yeah. Wisconsin because we lost by 40 in each of them. And both of those were preceded by a nine-day, you know, COVID Right. stoppages you know and, and and both of them we didn't have well, they couldn't players. hey they couldn't keep track of all the covid shit that there's, was the hardest no part about that. it but i just think when yeah. it comes to you know they're they're comparing strength to schedule where you played who you played like right. I, I think maybe if it comes down to the last team or two to who, who's getting in maybe yeah. maybe they look in, in that far but i don't know chris let me ask you this because jeff and i have talked about about this quite a bit but i, I want to hear a coach's perspective when you walk into league play, when you walk into conference play, how much, give me a percentage, how much do you know if you're going to be a team that hear its name, call on Selection Sunday or not? When you first walk into conference play? When you start conference play. And you know where yeah, I'm going I mean, with this. Out of league resume. what conference you're in. If you're talking about the high major conferences, I think that, you know, you, you have a good feel that you should be. Um, you could also have a feel where you think you're going to be close. Uh, but, you know, you also look at these schedules, you know, like our, ours in the ACC was unbalanced. I mean, it was like depending on who you played twice and, you know, who you played only on the road or only at home. It was just uh, – it was wacky. And then, you know, you're trying to figure out the other teams as well because they're in the same situation. You don't know their schedules as well. But I think you sort of knew how your non-conference season played out, where you sort of where you sort of stood as long as your team remained healthy and kept improving. That's my point. And, and Jeff, that's the point here nationally is the fact is anytime you tweet about the Big Ten and what they've done, the same reply is going to come from Larry. Or they oh. don't get it done in March. They never yeah. get it done in March. Folks, that has no bearing on how many bids a league is going to get. The fact is right now, the ACC would kill, would kill to be even a, a even half of what the Big Ten has been thus far this season. And right. there are other leagues who would kill to be where they are, where the Big 12 has been. The Big 12, the whole league's in the top 60 of Kempom. There's, no there's no such thing as a back-breaking loss. This year, Jeff, you know Leonard Hamilton's going to walk into a building and just win a game, right? Oh, no doubt, no doubt. BC, they're going to when they get healthy, 
they're going to beat a Virginia Tech or or Notre Dame maybe, and and that's going to be considered a bad loss because the league has done so poorly going into conference play. That, that's, that's the hard it's thing about non-conferences, man. Yeah. You you better get it done, because, right? You know, like whether it's fair or not, right? Whether whether your league gets better or not, whether your team gets better or not, it sometimes doesn't matter because what your league has done almost defines how many bids you're going to get no matter what. Yep, and that's all – obviously, as you know, that's all you're playing down the stretch, you know. Right. That's it. Are you running – hey, with the net, like last year going into the year, I, I, this is an interesting question that I want to ask you. Are you running it up? Are you going to try to run it up against teams? Because I know the net, the scoring margin is capped, but the efficiency numbers are not capped. A lot of coaches have told me, you know, they're 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 running it up if they can in these buy games to try to get their net ranking higher. Yeah, I would say I wouldn't be in that category. I mean, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like we were pulling all our starters with six minutes to go and, and letting the score go from 40 down to, you know, 15. Um, but it was whoever was out there, you know, I wanted them to play at their absolute best and, you know, play the way that we practice had nothing to do with the net. Yeah. We just want to continually get better when younger guys get in the game or guys that don't play as much. Uh, I don't want there to be any drop off in terms of execution in terms of like, you know, hunger, desire, uh, hard play, all that stuff. But, you know, I, I'm not going to run up a score specifically to keep a net. Yeah. All right, we got a couple minutes left here. We've hit a ton on the Big Ten ACC challenge, which the ACC has has claimed they've reached eight wins. Uh, we do have the Big 12 Big East battle. That is split, two games apiece. Butler beats Kansas State. Manny Bates went off tonight for Thad Mata's Bulldogs. It's, it's a good win for Thad yeah. in, in because after a bit of a rocky performance in Atlantis, they needed to get that one. They hand Jerome Tang and the Wildcats their first loss. Texas Tech beats Georgetown 79-65. Not surprising to see the results of the game. A little surprising to see that it looked like an absolute blowout. Hoyas tried to close in. They didn't, they weren't able to. TCU, six guys in double figures. They shut down Jared Bynum. Held you were them. there. You were there, right? I, I was there. I was How in did TCU Warburg. look with Baugh and Mike Miles? How did they look? They are a boa constrictor, the way that they pressure you. It's not sexy. It's not flashy. Yeah. At times, it's it reminds me of like some of Tony Bennett's ugly Virginia teams that just won. The difference is they have great speed and explosiveness. And the fact that now Baugh and Mike Miles, guys, okay. can run the way that those two create dribble penetration. And if TCU does anything from three, Tonight, they started 6 of 11 from 3. That's the game. That's the game. Ed Cooley had to call two timeouts in the first five minutes of the second half. Not happy with his team tonight. His well, team their guard play. Not, their guard play was atrocious, right? It, it was not good tonight. I mean, right now, what you're asking, and Chris, I'm curious to get your thought on this. Like, Providence lost their entire starting five. So now they're asking Jared Bynum to be the guy. And, and he's having trouble doing that. But that concept of... You, you have to figure out a way to get guys to develop, but sometimes what a really good role player is, it's just, it's just who they are. And I think right now, PC's trying – they're an example of that. There's several teams like that around college basketball. It's tough, man. You know, you got 
you got the transfer portal that has is, is completely changed it, you know? And so I remember a kid that we had several years ago, James Farr, you know, I, I'm not sure if the transfer portal were around then and you had instant eligibility when you transferred, if he'd have stayed at Xavier, you know, he played like 40 minutes his entire freshman year. He didn't play much more than that as a sophomore. By the time the kid's a senior, he's second leading rebounder in the uh, big East behind Angel Delgado, you know? So, um, the development piece, man, John, it's, it's, it's not as easy uh, as it used to be. You know, kids want, you know, the opportunity to play early on. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit like when free agency came into baseball years ago, when you were a kid, you sort of remember everybody on the, you know, Cincinnati Reds or Boston Red Sox. And now it's just like everybody's new for the most part uh, each year. Can I say something to you, Jeff? And, and yeah. just, just after being in Fort Worth tonight and watching TCU, like, I, I know that football is obviously the priority right now, and they could make the college football playoff. And, and you know, their folks were saying, look, we get people in here for the Big 12. It's, it's a little difficult right now. That being said, folks, if you're a TCU Horned Frogs follower, or if you're a college basketball junkie, like, understand this. Jamie Dixon has done an incredible job yes. with Texas Christian University basketball in the toughest conference in college hoops. And in a program where, frankly, it's not it's not just easy to walk into TCU and win. They they don't have some rich history, Jeff. No, and, and he kept everybody. He did what a lot of, of programs were unable to do, retention. Yep. He retained everybody, and that's why they've got a chance this year. A really good backcourt. Damian Ball was screwed with his stupid NCAA suspension for signing with an agent, like an un- uh, whatever you call them, you know, you, you got certain agents that are NBA approved or, or NCAA approved. And he signed with one that wasn't like, come on, nobody even knows where to find the damn list. Hmm. I don't know where it is. Nobody knows where it is. So like get rid of these archaic, some of these stupid rules anyway. All right. We, yeah. Hey, we got, we got to have uh, two things before we go. We know. Yeah. You know what they are. One is a beach house story. Yeah, I'll let Mac tell that one because I've told other, it and Mac will tell it better than I think I will. And the other is? The toast of the night. The toast of the night. All right. Why don't we start with the toast of the night? Because I feel like the beach house story is a great way to end. All right. So, All right. Goodman, you're going to set the tone for toast of the night. Who are you toasting? So, my daughter, uh, I believe, likes this. I shouldn't admit this, but I do think she's had some alcohol in her life. Uh, so I, it, it was downstairs and I'm going to, I'm going to crack it open uh, for her and all the other Indiana students that have been through, she's only a freshman, so she hasn't been, been through it, but what about those seniors? They've been through some lean years um, and now they get to enjoy uh, the biggest win of certainly the Mike Woodson era and the biggest win in a while, to be honest. So um, cheers to all of them, Mike Woodson, the players, the students, Talia, drink responsibly. Uh, don't drink, Talia. Uh, have fun. Enjoy uh, the town. And Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. I will not cry. Chris Mack. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm more of a, you know, Miller Lite guy. <laughs> and so um, I'm going to, uh, first of all, I'm going to take a drink before I toast here. It's good. I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to toast Manny Bates. Okay. Here's a guy that back to back years 
suffered shoulder injuries and, you know, back to back wasn't able to play. <laughs> when you see Manny Bates, when they last show him at NC state and you see him now, he, he looks like Dwight Howard on steroids. Like his <laughs> show, he looks massive. Yes. And for somebody that, you know, years ago, 30 years ago, my career I had two ACLs, man, you sit out, you feel really removed, you know, removed from teammates, just removed from being a part of the team guys include you, but it's just not the same. And, and so I understand how he's, you know, uh, how he's felt during his, his long road back and to find a home and to go in tonight and play against Kansas state at, uh, at Hinkle plays 39 minutes, gets 22 points, 10 rebounds, three block shots. Uh, he'll be a big reason, um, that Butler has a really good year and, uh, I'm happy for, for Manny Bates. So, Here's to Manny. All right, Manny. Manny Bates, baby. Manny Bates. I, I love more of this stuff, don't I? I love stories of a guy who earns it. And I'm in a hotel. I'm in the Renaissance Worthington, Fort Worth. This is a shitty job by me because I only have a bottle of water tonight. But and uh, come on, you know you got to prepare. I'm grabbing a bite to eat after this. Really sad. Next to the Fort Worth Renaissance, there's a Hooters calling my name. <laughs> it's the only thing that's Mac open. loves this. Mac, yeah, he's I mean, all excited for this. Hooters, it's right. the only thing I meet you. Right. So my my toast is to Josh Shirts at Indiana State. Really? Who picked, who picked up a huge win tonight? Big win over previously Drake. unbeaten Drake. Big win. A 75-73 win for Indiana State. It's a great win. Yes. And Schertz was a guy that was at the D2 level, right? At He was at uh, Lincoln Memorial for a while. He's in his second year with Indiana State. That is a great win for that program. And you guys know this in, in the Missouri Valley. Like, that league and Drake, how good they are and how good they're thought to be. Tonight, Drake got a 32-point performance. From their guard, Roman Penn, 32 points, and they lost. Wow. So that's wow. a great win for Indiana State. We like to cover the country, and Indiana's not the only good team in the state that got a win tonight. That's a that's a real nice momentum builder for the Sycamores. Good job, Ben. Other than the fact that you didn't have anything alcoholic, it was a, it was a great toast. I didn't, and it's. So it's I will have another job. swig for you. All yeah, right. have another swig for me, please. Yeah. Have. I could use more water always. Have another, have another. It's, um, it's sour apple. It's actually um, not bad. Just seeing Mac tonight got me tasting for Skyline big time tonight. Seeing your face, right? And we're on that bandwagon. Hey, Jeff, you've had it, right? I don't know if I've ever had Skyline. I don't think I've had it. You know, like you, you, very few people from out of town from outside of Cincinnati, like it, you know, really, and you either like it or you either love it or you hate it. There's, there's really no in between like, ah, oh, not bad. And so um, I don't really go by other people's opinions of skyline. Cause most of the people that, you know, aren't from Cincinnati, they don't like it. That's it's not a clam chowder. All right. Last, what you're saying. last call, last call. Okay. Because we have a huge game tomorrow night. I want your pick last call, Jeff Creighton, at Texas Moody Center. Who's going to win this game? Rapid fire. I'm going to go Texas. 
home court advantage. I was there a couple weeks ago, and man, did they run Gonzaga out of the building. I don't know if Tyrese Hunter is going to shoot like that, but I'll say one thing. Marcus Carr looks a hell of a lot more comfortable playing alongside Tyrese Hunter uh, than he did a year ago, not with uh, Hunter next to him. Mac? I got all the respect in the world for for Mac. I, I love the way Creighton plays, so I'm probably going to get a text. But, man, Texas' backcourt looked really good. You know, Marcus Carr and Tyrese Hunter, like, that may be the best backcourt in the country. They're tough. They're tough. tough. and skilled and good. Yep. They can get going. going. Texas. Should be fun. That will be fun. Hey, feelthe68.shop. Get your merchandise to feelthe68.shop. Read the daily. It's in your inbox in the morning. Mike Miller is always burning the midnight oil. We'll have that for you. It's another big day at College Hoops. Arizona travels to Utah. We got Kansas in action as well against Seton Hall. Oklahoma State's at UConn. Feel the 68 after dark's back with you, 11 Eastern time tomorrow night. And Rob Doster asked me, playback.tv slash feel the 68. Playback.tv slash feel the 68. If you're a College Hoops fan in the chat right now, join us Friday night. Huge game in College Park. It's been a while since we said that, so it feels that way. Illinois at Maryland in a Big Ten opener. Last but not least, Chris Mack, I got a text from Cleveland Cavaliers general manager Mike Ganzi. My man. Who says, don't forget to remind Mac, the Browns still own Burrow and the Bengals, baby. Go Browns! <laughs> 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 I always love when people at the bottom of the standings talk shit. That's great. <laughs> All right, you want to finish with the story? or, or we, we, we Oh, shit! Or is it over? Dagan, are we on? Oh, we got to finish. You're still on. Right, you can finish the story. Quickly, right, tell the story because we promise the viewers. Card game, right? It's called uh, In Between. I don't know if you ever played. Let's say there's five people playing. I think that, that night we had four people playing. We had six people playing. Oh, wives played too. Yes. Okay. So, you know, we said $25 to, to, to get in. All right. So now you're talking about, you know, it was 20. Bucks. 20 a piece. It was 20 a piece. Was it really? Yeah, it was 20 piece. So we I started with 120. Okay. So in between, John, here's what you do. You turn you, you have a deck of cards. You turn the first card over. Let's say it's a four. You turn the right. second card over. Say it's a 10. The first person to my left, the dealer's left. If they want, they can bet any amount of money that's in the pot. Right now, as, as he said, there's $120 in the pot. You can either pass or you can say it's in between a four and a 10. I turn the card over. If it's below a four or over a 10, you have to put whatever you just wanted to bet in there. So if you say, hey, I want to bet 30 bucks and it was a two, you put 30 in the, in the pot. So now there's 150. The catch is, say it's a four and a 10 and you say, I want to bet 20 bucks and it's a four or a 10, you owe yeah. double in the pot. Oh. So you have to put 40. So we had gone around. How much was in the pot, Jeff, when it came to you? Shit, I think it was like 480 or something. I think it was like, let's say it was 480 bucks. That's 480. So, dealer turns it over an ace. He says, I wanted a low ace. Dealer turns over the second card. It's an ace. Your second card's automatically high if it's an ace. So he looked at me and goes, Well, shit. Hot. Obviously. Do you remember what Melissa said? I don't. She looked across and she's like, No. And I'm like, are you kidding? Of course, I got to go pot. Like, there's no other answer here, right? 
I'm gonna win this. You're all gonna the win it. Back. Yeah, you're I'm gonna done. win. Yeah, I'm gonna win the whole pot. It. Yes. So I turn the card over, and it's an ace. Oh, so he has nine sixty that he has to put in. And you know what the best part of this story is, <laughs> Jeff? All my buddies said that like that second card or the, the card that I turned over. Yeah. I sh you shouldn't have had to pay double. And I really? can't remember can't remember why. So I, I want some money back then. Yeah, you probably did. Come but on. anyway, he put nine sixty in the pot. The pot was over fourteen hundred dollars. I can't remember who won it. Was it me? I, I don't know, but I had to Venmo you a lot of money at the yeah, end of the day. You did night. have to Venmo me. I cut I cut some of the losses off. And actually, Melissa cut some of our losses off, but I think I think we still owed you four eighty at the end. Oh my God. Yeah. It was a $480 night playing a friendly game of it's a great invitation. Night. It's a great night of invitation. It, it, was, it was actually funny, but the best reaction was Mac when, when he turned over the other ace and he saw the look on my face. He did a sprint around his house. He was so happy, so excited, and I was, I was shell-shocked. How can you win. not be? I love to win, and I, I was, love to watch my friends lose. <laughs> oh, and and there's a portion of college basketball fan bases that would have done the same exact thing Absolutely. around the house. I mean, you were the guy that was just like hounding me along with your boy Mike Gansey about the Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals. You know what I mean? So you always root against your friends. Hell yeah. I got you a week from Sunday. That's Not all right. I, I don't know what's going on with the bottom of the standings. I only worry about up top. Oh, screw you. That does it for us on After Dark. We'll be back later today at 11 p.m. Eastern time like we are every single night for producer Dagan Hughes, for Chris Mack, for Jeff Goodman. I'm John. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.